Med Family is a show about a family journeying through medical school with kids and navigating married life. Tag along to see how we got here and where this journey is taking us. Hi, welcome to another week of Med Family. My name is Eric. I'm with, of course, my wife here. I'm going to unmute her microphone. <laughs> Hi, guys. So, yeah, we're going to talk a little bit about the week we just had. I'm not sure if ever made it up on instagram karen is our our instagram social media liaison for the a lazy show. one but <laughs> not lazy <laughs> kind of yeah this week was pretty uneventful while being eventful uh our air conditioning went out on friday so we weren't able to get anyone out until monday to fix that little issue in keeping with the general theme of this show it was warm <laughs> it was warm this weekend with heat advisories and whatnot yeah this this whole without ac prompted the the great discussion between us and fellow students warmer worse or better than saint vincent what was the verdict out of curiosity? What, oh, what did you everybody guys... has a different point of view. There are about two that are solidly in the camp that Georgia is worse weather-wise than St. Vincent because there's no wind to break up the humidity. I would agree with that because the one the St. Vincent has these seasons where they have like the trade winds and it's warm, but you have these winds and then of course the, the winds go away and you don't have the trade winds and it's still warm. And I think that's kind of about what we're dealing with here in Georgia. It made no difference to me. We lived in the lower portion. So in St. Vincent, apartments or homes can be built on on top of each other. Very commonly are built on top of each other. They are built on top of each other. So you can have one family living in the lower section, one family living in the upper section. They're no way connected except for they're in the same building. So they have separate entrances and all all that jazz. But... We were on the lower, and we had a solid cement wall on both sides, and it was fully encased. So even if there was wind, I didn't feel it. So it really didn't... To me, it's about the same as St. Vincent was. I guess that's fair. You, you could get a little bit of wind if you got on the on to the porch, I guess. But yeah, I guess I see what you mean. But yeah, the... The AC went out, and thankfully it wasn't our fault. That was kind of a, a concern I kind of struggled with over the weekend is, did we break the AC unit? Did we... How would we break the AC unit? We did everything appropriately. I don't know. You never know. Well, I, I changed some of the settings in the nest, like when we first moved in, and I don't know if that you know what that did exactly. I think it was like using more of the heat pump than the... The furnace to heat our house but you never know i'm not an expert on those things so you never know if i would have like broke something doing it and thankfully thankfully not not something that we did just a part that just went bad and our compressor apparently wasn't turning on nothing that i could have fixed easily myself and it really only took like 30 minutes once the guy got here yeah yeah so we were very happy to have ac on monday but prior to that, 
we learned a few things about how well we would survive if uh <laughs> we wouldn't we wouldn't i was all for buying the window unit and eric is like no we could do this with ice and fans and we can manage this heat yeah we made basically a, a poor man's swamp air conditioner and it's a styrofoam cooler with a couple of fans like little desk fans placed on top of it and some little vents and there are lots and lots Instagram. and lots of ice and we even used the garage fan that was a little maybe overkill for the for the thing it melted the ice in no time flat but well was... but it got good airflow it did a fairly good job of managing the temperature or keeping the temperature the same in the house until about what two or three and then we would lose it and then we'd open up all the windows at night and get the fans in the windows and blow the air in. But the problem is, is that at night, that is the other thing about St. Vincent. St. Vincent gets below 80 degrees at night. Georgia, well, does no, it? No, it doesn't, no. I don't know. It didn't You're get be- It didn't, it hardly dropped below 80 that first night. The second night, it did get to 74 at the lowest. And that was at like... Four o'clock in the morning, and then by nine o'clock, it was in the 80s again. So we got our house down to 82 every morning, only to close up the house and run these AC Beautiful units. Beautiful AC units. <laughs> and then by by two or three, it was up to 88, 87. All we had to do was survive two, three days. He can say that because he actually went to school to study and sat in AC for we, about we gonna four hours. For four hours? I feel like it was like three. Well, <laughs> probably closer to three because you drove there, you studied, and then I said, we are out of ice. I need more ice. And then you went and you got ice and then came back. Yeah. But that was the hottest part of the day. And I was with four kiddos and he was at school in the AC. Making it sound like I made the choice to go. No, he did not make the choice to go. I told him to go because there was nothing else that we could do. And he needed to study. And we took a lot of time out of his studying, which was really unfortunate this week. Yeah, that's it. We'll we'll try to make up for it at some point. That's just kind of how life goes, I suppose. Yeah, it was really funny, though, because we were complaining. So we had a date night on Friday with another couple from school. And Eric was making fun of me because... At this point, we didn't realize that the air conditioner was broken, but I had baked that day. And I had baked muffins in the morning. No problem. The house went back down in temperature. And then I baked cookies in the afternoon for the kids. And the temperature just would not go down. And Eric was like, it's because you baked. You turned the oven on. Let's let's maybe set the record straight a little bit here. Karen has this thing where her model is assign blame quickly if you and assign so, the blame quickly it is never your fault yeah so when i got home it was in the 80s already in our house and she was blaming me because sometime last week the nest thermostat had a notification that said hey it's a change in the seasons how would you like us to start relearning your routine so that we can try to save you some money because it's supposed to predict your routine and shut off and turn on and whatnot. And so I said, sure, I like saving money. So I selected yes. Karen has it in her mind that it just means it goes to eco mode forever. And so well, she immediately blamed me. Well, here's the thing. It's been shutting off all week since he had done that because 
it the nest is like motion censored, but the the thermostat is right by our bedroom and the kids are not allowed in our bedroom and I hardly go into our bedroom during the day because I'm with the kids. So it it has been turning off thinking that nobody's home and where it used to just yeah, go. So, so while you were blaming me for making the thermostat turn off the heat uh the AC I, and then you just casually dropped in the conversation that you were baking all day. Shh, it didn't <laughs> like, happen. Who's going to do more to make the temperature in the house go up? The thermostat turning off for like an hour or someone running the oven on a 100 degree day? Well, but I only baked two sheets of, and then the rest of the cookie dough went into the fridge. Yeah, I, then now I'm hearing that there's uh, muffins that were also baked. They got eaten before you got home. You know Everything our kids. Everything gets eaten before I get home. <laughs> I had three bananas that went bad. We were going. We were. We were going the muffin route. <laughs> yeah. So we we had that date night on uh, Friday night, and that was that was a lot of fun. Um, rooftop restaurants. I'm not going to pronounce what what kind of food we had because it was basically. A, on a board with lots of little cheeses and meats that were thinly sliced, and I guess that's all the rage recently. Anyway, it was it was nice to have recently. A, well, you go online, you can see people talking about it. Okay, yeah. Oh, Anyways, I, well, <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, our poor babysitter got to sit in the the hot house while we were off on a date night and not realizing that the AC was broken, so she just kind of sat there and did her homework and. Yeah, so we had a fun date night, and then we had kind of a little bit of a miserable weekend. We managed to just leave the house on Saturday. Uh, we thought that was best with the kids. So. Sa- Sunday. Sunday, excuse yeah, me. Saturday, we made some trips out of the house, but Sunday is when we went to church in the morning, and then we went home really quick to get changed, and then we drove to Costco to buy a small little pool and Costco is close to Atlanta, so about a two-hour drive. And then, of course, we wanted to stop by, um, I believe it's Dickey Farms, which is a peach orchard farm place. So we went a little out of the way to go find that. And then we got home probably close to 5, 6, six o'clock. 6, yeah. So we, we missed most of the day of miser- miserable hot house. And then immediately got the beautiful... AC units up and running that were wildly successful. Wildly successful. <laughs> Maybe if you stood directly in front of them, <laughs> which the kids did. <laughs> yeah, and then had the kids go down. We I ended up mowing the lawn because I think that was something that just needed to get done. Our, and occasionally, our landlord kind of cruises by to make sure things are looking in order and can't let the lawn get too out of control. So we mowed the lawn. Put set up the pool, let the kids swim in it, and then that kind of made for a little bit of a late night with the kids. But it was, I think, good for them to be outside, out in the water, cooling off a little bit. the The purpose of it was so that I could get the get some air into the kids' room and get it colder. And it, we and they we slept. we employed a lot of strategies. Like our bedroom, we just kind of sealed it off. We weren't going to go in and out of our bed. We, we minimized going in and out of our bedroom. We definitely. After the first night, did not want to sleep in our bedroom. It got really hot in there. Thank goodness for kids' couches. We oh, yeah. slept on the kids' couches right in front of the window with. Well, you window had the fan. open. 
How did you manage the fan? I sat down last, so <laughs> it's not my fault. You didn't move the fan. <laughs> Eric had a fan blowing on him. Yeah. By day two, you had a blanket on you. It's just, that's not not get all the way yet. on me. You had a sheet. It just feels weird to sleep without anything on you. I don't know. And then all day Monday after the AC got fixed, apparently Karen was hearing complaints from the, the tiny humans declaring that it was too cold. <laughs> they already acclimated back to St. Vincent, we- Vincent weather. Just get used because to Because I was thinking about it because in, in St. Vincent we had, so in our situation, we only had AC units in the bedrooms and we set them to, I think for U.S. numbers, <laughs> it would have been about 82. And that was cold, I guess. And so that was like what our normal living arrangements were. So it seems, I don't know, the kids acclimated better than we did. I guess we, we went soft real fast. But yeah, it's been an interesting week. And hopefully going forward, we won't have any issues with our air conditioning. I felt pretty stupid, though, because a fellow student, they're gone. And she's like, well, if I would have known, you could have just gone and stayed at our rental until yours, your unit was fixed. And I was like, well, dang, we could have stayed in an air-conditioned house we had, free of charge. <laughs> to be fair, we had lots of offers from other students that either wanted to kind of offer their houses up as cooling stations for us, either for just a few hours or in the evening. So we did had kind of a, a few people offering things and... I know there's a little bit of pride in my, in, I, from my perspective, there's a little bit of pride of just trying to figure it out and make it through it on our own. And, I mean, our ancestors, our grandparents didn't have AC like this. So if we can survive two days with no AC, it's not the end of the world. The kids weren't really even complaining. It was really just me being grumpy. Anyway. Anyways, <laughs> it's done. We don't have to deal with it again, hopefully. Well, I think it kind of leads uh, nicely into our uh, next topic of uh, schedules and how we how we organized and ske- you know d- did our schedule on the island just for me to study as a medical student. And since with the AC being out on Saturday, kind of feeling a little bit bad leaving Karen with the kids, I definitely altered my schedule quite a bit to try to help her out as much as possible, as well as get the house to a point where. It's at least somewhat tolerable to be in the house. But uh, yeah, back to kind of scheduling. I don't want to go too much into like my schedule per se, because I feel like we've kind of talked about it a few times. Yeah. So for we had left before we had even left for the island, we had kind of talked about this is Eric's full time job. He needs to be able to have the time in order to succeed. But we are a young family. And investing in our children and our marriage is important. And so we had kind of already decided that Monday through Saturday were Eric's. He was going to be gone if he could either be there in the morning for an hour or an hour before bedtime just to see the kids each day. Um, that would be great. And then Sundays were family day. And Sundays have remained family day throughout all of med school. There have been certain weeks, like if there was a big test or whatnot, where after the kids go down, Eric studies, or he would have very, very long days. He'd come home, say goodnight to the kids, and then go back to studying. 
And that was fine. I mean, that's only temporary. And then we'd try and fit in like a date night after those big tests so that we were still investing in our marriage as well. But it made for kind of an interesting swap in schedule for me because I went from, I had worked a job, what, since 16? Up until we left, I had... I had You'd always had a job of some kind, part-time, full-time. But certainly since we got married, you've you've had a full-time job. Even before we got married, you had a full-time job. Yeah, and so to go from a full-time job to being full-time stay-at-home mom who does not have transportation was a big adjustment for me. And then on top of that, we were a three to four hour time difference from people back home. And so it made it difficult to actually connect with people. I had a lot of late night calls because the best time they could, a lot of people back home could call was when they had put their kid to bed, which, you know, seven, eight o'clock at night on the Pacific coast, which they are behind us. So that's like eight o'clock at night. That's you're looking at 11 o'clock on certain times of the year or 12 o'clock because the island doesn't stay with the daylight savings time so half the year it's four hours ahead because atlantic standard time and then another half of the year it's three hours ahead and so you would be having sometimes phone calls at 11 12 o'clock at night which didn't work well with our kids being very much morning kids yeah i mean i made it i made it work but I guess I would just encourage the spouses to figure out some sort of hobby or something to keep you busy. Or And then I did join a Marco Polo group of women for a while. And that was, that was mostly encouraging. I did end up getting off of it after a while because... So after I think we I had joined about two terms in so about six eight months into it was about when the pandemic had started yeah and so in some sense all these women were just starting to kind of live like i had lived for the last (laughs) six eight months and it was great to see their faces and hear their voices and all of that but after about three months of them it got to be really negative and i just i it it wasn't helpful to me, and so I just had to kind of remove myself yeah. well, from I that. Well, I think you had a different idea of where you wanted the group to go as more of a support group, and the group didn't quite share the same viewpoint, so they just said if you wanted to do something like that, then you kind of needed to make your own, and so you decided that that was probably for the best, and you, you did that. Yeah, so... Which then that started the, you know, some of the late night calls with some people back home because it was more of a support group and how how we can help each other out, pray for each other. You know, because we were, again, we're four hours away, four, sorry, four time zones away and literally probably 24 hours at best away from people. And at some point there was going to be like no way we could ever get back to the state. So a lot yeah. of what we could do to help people was... Uh, praying to them, uh, trying to be uh, good friends and listening to them. Yeah, essentially. That That, that was essentially it. I mean, we did do, I mean, in the age where you can order food on your phone or drop them Amazon gifts and whatnot. VPN and made some. Yeah, so we were able to like send meals to people who had babies and, and 
that kind of thing. And I think for a while there, Eric and I were having fun um, with the money that we, we were earning off of my little side business. We were just randomly dropping a gift on some family that we knew um, yeah. during the pandemic just because it's fun to receive mail. <laughs> it's fun to receive something that and, unexpected and, we and were, to know that you're being thought of. And we're on the island, so that there's certainly no expectation on our end that they could ever reciprocate. Like They can't send us something because by the time it gets to the island, it might be two, three months down the line and... <laughs> Who we knows may, it even? We may if, not be there. It, it may not. We may not be there. It may not even get there. So, yeah, I think um, actually, your your mom, my mother in law, tried to send our daughter a birthday gift, and I think we got it four months later. And she had actually gotten a notification that it got lost in the mail, and I think she got reimbursed. She for got it. reimbursed for it, but because, did it actually show up? Yeah, just months later. The mail system is definitely unique on the island. I don't know if you ever mentioned they don't really have addresses per se. Uh, I'm not really quite sure how they get the mail. Well, they don't have mailmen that go door to door. You get like a little notification that you have a package and then you can go into the post office and pick up the package. And then if it was from overseas, you might have to pay some money to, to actually reacquire. Like if you've sent something to FedEx, you definitely got it a lot faster but FedEx also like they went to a particular person who handled the customs and that cost a little money and then depending on what was in the package that could cost money if it like electronics would have there had to be a little bit of a tax to get electronics into the island so you could be spending close to 30 40 dollars just on top of your shipping to get something in your own hands whereas i think the normal post office the biggest concern was it would could just get lost and you could never see it again but a lot of times like a lot of students i drove and even my own experience picking up mail at the saint vincent post office downtown in kingstown only cost like 5 ec i'm not even sure how that makes sense sometimes but you just walk in give them the slip give them your name and they'll say 5 ec and you just hand them 5 ec and 5 ec is like Two bucks, maybe two dollars, something like that. Yeah, well, I guess I don't know with with. I don't know if it's changed, changing. but it's yeah. it's about it's around two dollars, which really not that bad. No, but I think for spouses, find something that gives you some sort of purpose. I had my side business. I think I read probably three hundred books that first year because <laughs> <laughs> they were free on my phone. Um, <laughs> I and then I had. I did eventually end up with that group of women that I would do a weekly or bi-weekly, not bi-weekly. Bi- every month, other week. Bi- yeah, every other week, bi-monthly call with just to kind of connect with people back home. And some spouses would go back to school, like they can do online courses and whatnot. Yeah, we tried to start a book club on the island that didn't last too long because a lot of students wanted to be in it, but then... Obviously, they have to study, so it got very, very small very, very quickly. And then there was a spouse's like pool day where you would bring your kids, but since I didn't have a car, I rarely went. Well, that wasn't the main reason. No, I could have driven Eric to school, and then, but taking four kids to a pool and attempting to not have anybody drowned or run away. Yeah, four kids under five years old, and to be honest, our... At that time, our kids weren't the most obedient. 
and so you could tell them not to run away and they would still run away and then you'd still have to if you would chase after the one kid you still have to watch out for the other three because sometimes they also like to choose different directions and all take a, a direction and go so that yeah it was just a little overwhelming <laughs> and i wasn't sure that i wanted to do that myself so typically sundays we would go to the pool as a family and then there was one adult per two kids and we could typically manage that just fine yeah my, as far as my schedule i mean it was basically like we said monday through saturday if i was class was in session i was i would be in class if it was online class, like during the pandemic, I would still be in the library listening to the lecture online and then maybe stay a little bit here and there for like a, they played soccer. We would, I would stay a little bit later to play soccer. Those were uh, actually the days that he came home earlier because soccer ended. But then you're all like hot and sweaty and you want to get home and get a shower. So um, you don't. normally Eric was there from about seven to seven and then he'd come home and read and say goodnight to the kids and then we would eat dinner together but on the days that he played soccer he was typically done by about 6 6 30 yeah so maybe tell me you you mentioned as some advice for people who might be making the same journey to maybe find a hobby that you like doing that you can probably continue to do on the island or uh, maybe get involved in some of the clubs like for example, some some women were there was a choir, so some women would be part of the choir. There was a dive club on the island that spouses would participate in. But can you maybe elaborate? Like, how did it feel? I guess like I think we t- we touched on it every now and then, but like because you basically went from every day to you know forty hour work week, if not a little bit longer, full time mom, full time worker, and then to the island. And your spouse, me, is in school for six days a week and trying to make maximize the the time we get to spend on the seventh day. Yeah, it was it was pretty lonely at first. I did a lot of baking, but within the first month, we had met Susanna and yeah, Susanna Caleb, and, Caleb. and we had invited them over for dinner because I, I knew. So I'm not a very outgoing person. Not- I, me neither. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't make friends easily, but I knew going into the island that I had to put myself out there because there were only a select few spouses and I think our first week there we went to a barbecue. We had babysitting at that point because Eric's parents came to the island with us for that first week. So it was just Eric and I at this barbecue and I was like, there is a woman with a baby that looks about the same age as my baby. Let's try this. And so we invited them over for dinner. Let's be extroverts for a night. (laughs) Right. Um, And it ended up that her son was born two days after ours. And so birthdays really close. We connected on multiple levels. It ended up being a real great blessing. She was the one that did the um, meal prep with me and everything. So she would come over and help you make the food. You guys would work together on the menu. And then she would do the deliveries for anyone who didn't want to just pick it up in the freezer. Yeah. So that got me some human interaction every Friday. Adult interaction. Let's be <laughs> adult. The kids were still alive. Yes. <laughs> but but adult they, interaction is definitely different. Our than... oldest was four. So I had four, four and under. And so there wasn't a whole lot of talking. And so I was, I was kind of going a little bit, a bit nuts. We were doing a lot of baking as a family. We were playing in the, water and at that time we did play with the puppies quite a bit 
because uh, when we first moved to the island, there was 11 puppies. Mm-hmm. But I I think finding finding your support group, and I think that that is something that you will find after you leave home, like who is really going to stick by you and be your friend, even well, if it's not convenient or easy. Cause it was tricky because really at that time, there was really only three, maybe four families total, including ourselves. And so Caleb and Susanna was, were the first ones that I think we really connected with when we got to the island. There was another one that we I felt like we were really connecting with by the time they left. <laughs> like, like everyone was leaving because of the pandemic. And so I felt like we were kind of connecting pretty good with another family. So it was kind of nice that we were making more connections, more relationships, and then they left. Um, we, we're, we're trying to reconnect with them now in Warner Robins, but... Yeah, it was interesting because I had talked with a lot of spouses before we even left to go to the island. But once we got to the island, all of those spouses had left, either because of, like... There's various... Various reasons. Various reasons. Various and... reasons. Um, I think the overarching one is I think it's because it is such an isolating experience for the spouse. I mean, as a medical student, it it can be actually really great because you can focus. You can really focus on your studying as long as you don't get distracted by all the extra activities. I mean, this is a Caribbean island. And like we mentioned, there's dive club. And so there are beaches, there's water, there's things to do. But if you just go, oh, I'm just going to go to school and you spend, you know, 12 hours at school... You can really focus and get a lot of stuff done. But for the spouses, especially if they have kids, like they don't get the adult interaction. They they left all their friends and family, you know, thousands of miles away. Um, so I think that's a lot of spouses had left because I think it's just a lonely experience uh, if, you, if you don't make really good connections and try to maximize that or if you're just not used to it. Yeah. And I mean, I'm, again, I'm not a very extroverted person, so I think I did better than most because I don't, I don't need a ton. I need some, I'm not an island in and of myself, myself, but at the same time, I can be happy reading a book. I can be happy watching the British baking show or some other cooking show or playing house. bingo doing puzzles I don't do that shut your face he makes me sound old you get he... two-wheeled walker i'm just kidding i i would also maybe encourage so one of one of the our struggles was having so many kids and there's nothing i love all my kids there's nothing wrong with having four kids on the island it made it hard to go places because they were again like we said they were so young they didn't listen very well and usually going out in public was a more stressful experience. But because I w- it's so crowded. So like when when we were getting all of the paperwork done for our family to be on the island. Oh, we visas, to, our, yeah, our permanent residence. Our- yeah, we had to go to a lawyer's office. And going into Kingstown, finding the lawyer's office, waiting our turn, getting all the paperwork done was so hard and it wasn't because it was actually hard actually a hard thing to do it was you didn't want to get lose a child you didn't want them to get run over the alleyways are small they're very crowded like it would be interesting to explore on your own but to be responsible for four littles and not knowing where you're going made it interesting yeah and then I guess what my point would be is I was trying to if you have kids 
like 102, even if they're older, really would encourage bringing them to the school because a lot of the medical students do like kids. Uh, some kids kind of have a celebrity status with some of the students. Uh, and th that wasn't our experience, and that was mostly our own. That was our own problem because we didn't bring the kids to school very often. Real realistically, if, if you bring your kids to school, a lot of the students like hanging out with kids. They like seeing kids. Yeah, so you, the kids can get a kind of a celebrity status and they get spoiled a little bit by a lot of the students. I mean, heck, even um, Kylie and Brandon's uh, kid, they, they were at one of the houses, housing complexes for the students. And I remember a few students really went out of their way to make sure that they bought gifts for their son um, before they had left to go home. Uh, just says, uh, like, hey, they, they live in the housing area with us and really gotten close with this this kid and it's a unique experience because it's not like college where it's all all these uh you know young adults 20 you know in 19 to 21 this is medical school so the a lot of students are a little bit older especially in the caribbean this is sometimes a second career for a lot of people and people really do like and love on your kids a lot and it's a i think a good experience for the kids so i would encourage it all, all that basically also say that if you have four kids under four years old, it is hard. Not impossible, but it is hard. No, it's not impossible. We managed it a few times, but by that point, so they were building, the school was building a playground for kids. And so we had tried to go, but by that point, COVID had hit the states, not necessarily so on the went, island. So people home. were going home. So by the time we were actually hanging out at the school, there weren't a lot of people. At and a lot the of students left, yeah. Yeah, same with the pool. Most of the days we'd be at the pool on Sundays, and most people were not at the pool on Sundays. Yeah, well, especially um, again post post COVID, and everyone went home. There was like nobody around, and then a lot of students, you know, they go out on Saturday night. They do whatever they need to do. Well, they're studying on Sunday. I'm not sure. But in either case, it, Sunday mornings were a little bit quieter. And a lot he of times... He says mornings, but like he did not get home from church. So we that was, that was the other thing. The island was very churched, it's but... an interesting way to say it. Well, how would you say it? I mean, there's a variety the, of There's a certain... They are certainly Christian-centric on the island. There's a good number of churches... And they all have a certain level of faith and uh, charity about them as, as a society. When you go to some of the churches, it's an interesting dynamic with some of the congregants being basically... like I, I, I'm Catholic, so I went to a few of the Catholic churches. And one of the things that stood out to me was that there wasn't a lot of men. Like You would have kids and their moms, but not a lot of husbands. And so I'm not sure. I never, you know, stopped and asked somebody any what their explanation was. And it is a an island nation, so maybe maybe some of the men were out on boats. Maybe they were out, you know, uh, away from the island doing something. So I don't want to make a judgment call, but it certainly is different. But the church experience is not quite like you, you what you would have experienced in the United States. Yeah, in the states, a service is about an hour long, no, well, kind it, of across. And if you've ever been to like a Catholic service, it's a little bit more subdued, or I, I think Catholics would say reverent. This is not this is not the way of the St. Vincent crowd. <laughs> they are exuberant. They are excited. They are maybe a little loud. Um, not, nothing wrong with that. But so their church 
services or masses, depending on what you went to, would last a lot longer. Like in in the states, the Catholic Church is about an hour, hour fifteen, and that you know, that gets you communion, that gets you a homily, that gets you two, three readings, and <laughs> a whole bunch of prayers. And Saint Vincent, it could be two hours, and like an hour of that is the pastor talking. Yes, and, and I think <laughs> the longest one, I don't think Eric got home until two. So there was like uh, on occasion they'll have like these church meetings, and if we weren't paying attention, we would get stuck going to like it just kind of flowed. Out, and, you know, church would be over, and now is a church meeting, and so you couldn't just sneak out. Uh, so he said we. Um, I so church oh, was yeah. not air conditioned, so I would stay home with the kids, and then when Eric got well, home, we'd do family things. I, but Eric would. I don't want that to be the theme that we because it was warm. We didn't do something. I think the main reason why the kids didn't really go to church on the island was because of the two hour. Uh, yeah, they could hardly <laughs> sit through a one hour. There was no way I was going to do two hours. Plus, there weren't a lot of like the. I think the first week that Eric went, there weren't a lot of kids or families. It was a handful. Um, but there ended up being a group of students that I would go to church with. Uh, I being I had a car, it made it a little bit more convenient for the students to uh, go to church with me because they otherwise they would have had to wait for the archdiocese van to pick them up at a certain time. And sometimes they weren't always picked up. Uh, I'm not sure how that ended up working out, but in either case, sometimes I would go Saturday evening after I'd be done studying. I'd just meet a bunch of them and go to uh, downtown Kingston. Kingstown, sorry, to the cathedral, and then we would do church there. That one was a little bit more punctual. Uh, <laughs> they started on time, and they generally ended maybe an hour and a half later. But if we went on Sundays, it was a little bit longer at one of the the smaller community churches, uh, village churches. Yeah, and then when COVID hit, it it church did go online for a little bit on the island but not nearly as long as it did in the states so at that point then we would sit down and watch it as a family or we would attempt to yeah and, and sometimes we would you know you had now you had the option to listen to well if your your mass obligation was to just listen to mass so you can tune into your parish back in Vancouver, Washington, or you could Tune well what's New York? Or... <laughs> what's, what's the New York Cathedral got going on? Let's you know, let's see that. Uh, and anyway, I I don't want to get us too far off off the topic there. I think I think one of the themes that we more or less highlighted was just being maybe not the most extroverted and not the most outgoing, especially when it comes to like making friends. And I'm segue taking that as a segue into talking about. This next week, up this is uh, this this is my last week of online failing medicine rotation. After this week, so next Monday, we'll probably publish, publish this on on Wednesday this week. So Monday, I will be starting my in person failing medicine rotation. I thankfully have two other students that will be with me with the same preceptor. I know one on one sounds really great, but I I would be just terrified being one on one with the preceptor. Uh, feeling like I haven't really, I haven't really mastered much of family medicine in the two weeks I've been studying it. I just feel like such a novice right now, and so I. But I think you're supposed to. I mean, yeah, there's there's a lot of anxiety surrounding this um, excitement and anxiety. Like I'm excited to get my hands 
back, you know, work, work with my hands, work with my mind and doing the medicine, doing, you know, feeling like I'm actually being a doctor. And that's all very exciting. But there's also a certain level of anxiety of, you know, I'm going to be paired with this doctor for three weeks. He could potentially be a letter uh, recommendation writer. So I have to kind of impress him. But I have ha- also have experiences from previous employers uh, where certain doctors might maybe are not the the best representations of what you would expect in a doctor. And so it's like, I don't, I don't want to have to try to small talk my way for three weeks, but I don't know. I just have a lot of, uh, I get worried about those sort of things. And as Karen told me yesterday, I'm going to have to work on my bedside manner and (laughs) be able to connect with some of these doctors. Well, I mean, you have to have at least some sort of repertoire with anybody that you meet. Um, like, so Eric, Eric used to work for a clinic and it was always funny when the reviews came around for the doctors, like the, the patient reviews and what the, what the patients thought of the doctors versus like what staff thought of the doctors, right? Like sometimes they aligned, sometimes they aligned, but like I, I broke my elbow, your radio head my radial head (laughs) when I was pregnant with Judah. So who Eric said that I should see was not necessarily. So yeah. (laughs) But I guess I'm putting us in a bind here, but basically whether or not you're a good doctor versus like how people perceive you, like you can be very blunt and to the point and people will may view you as, well, they're just not very friendly as opposed to, they're incredibly efficient and know what they're talking about. Well, maybe I can get like so the all the doctors I worked with were good doctors. Like I don't think there was one that I would say I would not I would not want to receive treatment from because they're just bad. They were all good doctors. As a staff member, you interact with doctors in a, a bit of a different way than patients do. And so you get to get a little bit more of their personality, how they handle stress because a lot of times doctors are good at not projecting a lot of emotion onto their patients and what they're dealing with. But sometimes you have doctors who get a little overly stressed or they don't like how things are going in the clinic. And so they act in a certain way that you get to witness and you can form your own opinions on how you feel that that doctor or just inside conversations, what they talk about, what they think is funny, what they think is interesting, what they do for fun. Those are all things that kind of go into like Forming your pers- uh, your perception of their personality and whether you you like them as a person, <laughs> that's that's the best way I can say it. Like again, they were all good doctors. Uh, they were all nice in some way or another. But you know, there were certainly some of them where it's like I don't think I would get a beer with you if I had the op- opportunity to. I think I would probably pass on that. Right. We, we, we won't. We, we would not be best friends. I can work for you for sure, but maybe not best friends. Right, and I think that's more where. Eric's anxiety is coming from where he doesn't want to have to pretend to be somebody he's not or think think that something is funny or joke around in a certain way that he is not actually edifying or gratifying well, to him. And as a, like a, as a staff member, you you work for these I, I work for these guys like and so my job was very dependent upon them liking the job that I did. So I, I would try to make sure my work spoke for itself and uh, put in a lot of effort and a lot of uh, energy and making sure that they get what they want. But, I mean, the other part of it is they have to like me. 
uh, <laughs> if I if I came across as a jerk or if I let them know maybe I didn't like them, then I probably wasn't going. I may not get promoted. I may not get. Essentially, my job depended a lot on what their perception of me was. And you know, I was having babies. <laughs> we were starting the family. So, and I needed letters of recommendation to go to medical school. So. I, I was fine with just you know putting my head down working and making sure they liked me. But now that I'm getting into the medical field and now I'm actually training to be a doctor, I really want to like my preceptors. I really want to make a good impression. And I don't really want to be a huge phony. Yeah, but... it's Every doctor is different. I, sh- I should know this by now. And <laughs> they have their own personalities and you just got to work with it. Yeah, but having talked with several of the students that are doing currently doing in person i don't think anyone has said that they have not liked their preceptors yeah that's actually been something that's been pretty encouraging actually is talking to the students who are on their rotations in person with their preceptors but you know and this is anecdotal so i've only talked to really two groups of people so one group that is doing obgyn and they they just love their doctor. They love what they're doing. I think one of the guys, uh, every time I had talked to him prior to this rotation, he was pretty sure he was going to do infectious disease. And so uh, he might might be internal medicine, family medicine, maybe psychiatry. But he never listed off surgery. And then this last time talking to him, he, he just really loved OB so much that this because of this preceptor, I think, uh, that he's actually very interested in being an OBGYN. And that's, and that's definitely a huge change. And then another uh, guy I know, he's doing a pediatric rotation, and it is an hour away from his house. So like, there's a lot of reasons right there, an hour each way, reasons of maybe not liking that rotation. But he, he seems to like it. He finds a, a lot of enjoyment out of it. He's doing a lot of hands-on work. Um, he's you know, he's getting a lot out of that, and so it's been really encouraging hearing the feedback that uh, the fellow students really like their preceptors. The fellow students are they're learning a lot. They're not feeling like they're getting pimped. <laughs> they're not getting degraded. It's not a it's not a, a degrading process. It's it's really a, a learning process. It's a, a an environment that's there to help you grow. So I'm. I, I don't have the same preceptor coming up from family medicine that any of they did, but if the preceptor caliber is anything like what uh, they've been experiencing, I'm I'm pretty hopeful for what I'm gonna get next week. So I gotta figure out how to find a uh, maybe an iron and iron my white coat because I think that's a requirement. We have a steamer. Oh, we have a steamer. I guess we do. She's giving the look like you know we have a steamer. You do. You've used it before. Is it the one we used to clean the wall? There's a different attachment. Okay, well, I'll have to figure that out. (laughs) (laughs) I can buy an iron if you'd rather, but I feel like a steamer is way easier. Maybe it'll come in the mystery box. (laughs) Just don't. Just don't. (laughs) I think that's all we have for you guys this week. Feel free to follow us on Instagram. That's MedFamilyMD. Um, leave us a comment uh, maybe if you want to rate us and rate our podcast then we'd be happy to and of course if you leave us a comment or you have a question happy to read those questions Karen our social media gur- guru will hardly let me but. know if she has any <laughs> questions <laughs> I will do my best in the, all the free time that I have 
<laughs> All right. Well, on that note, uh, you guys have a great week, and we will see you next week. Bye.